Rush Nerds Unite. It's the Ludini Rock and Rush Podcast. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. Welcome back, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls, and Rush fans yes. of all shapes, sizes, yes. creeds, religions, Colors, races, heights, heights, uh, bra sizes. Oh, yeah, definitely. In seams, in steps. Body mass index. Body mass indexes. Shoe size. Absolutely. of all, And all genders. Sure. E- you know, even those crazy ones you all just made up. Sure, man. We welcome everybody here <laughs> under the Rush banner. Yeah. We are happy to be here. It is the Ludini Rock and Rush podcast. Coming back at you live one more time. Uh, this is, I counted, we are Rush podcast number five now. Wow. Five. Holy free holy. Done five. We've done Jeepers, five. Creepers, creepers. Exactly. And nice. um, please, I, 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 this is a really fun series. And please uh, go back if you're a Rush nerd mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like we are. And we wear the the name, we say the name Rush nerd with pride. With pride. It's not, you know, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, we're not a chain. We freaking love it. Rush is yeah. awesome. We love Rush. Rush, long live Rush. Long live Rush. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so welcome back, everybody. We're going to have a good time talking about Rush. We are going to be delving into the album Fly By Night. Oh. I have some definite thoughts on this album. I, okay. So does Mr. Pittsburgh. Yes, I do. Mr. Pittsburgh, sure. how are you today? Uh, well, I'm, I'm all right. You're all right. You're all, all right. right. He's going to have a he's going to have a little operation. He's uh, yeah, well, he's going to be Mrs. Be... Pittsburgh. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> But luckily, I'm welcome here, no matter what I turn into. But uh, yeah, like uh, Ludini said, uh, next week I will not be here. Uh, I have a little medical situation going on, so we're going to take care of that. So hopefully I won't be out very long. And hopefully the following week I will be back in your face, motherfuckers. Okay. Exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right? like <laughs> that. But yeah, we'll be so, uh, and we are going to have the very just a bit. We're going to just. I know you want to hear about Rush. Just real yes, quick though, because yes, I'm excited about this. I'm going to have. We're going to have Lily V six no here way. helping us out next week. That's awesome. So yeah, that's man. awesome. We're really excited about Lily. You guys going to get to catch up with her. And no better. Shh, don't tell her we're doing a Rush podcast. No, 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 no. It'll be our dirty little secret. Yes, yes. Oh, goodness gracious. But, yeah, um, so it's going to be, It's yeah, we're going we're to get into it here in a second. Um, this album, mm-hmm. is there anything you want to kind of break the ice with? Anything you need to talk about before we start? Or, um, you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Let's get into it. You're good. Okay, so we're going to... Let's get right to it. We try not to do... uh, Like, on the regular podcast, we we do a little more... very important to us. But Rush, we try to, like, give you guys all Rush. Mm -hmm. So we're going to... We're talking about the album Fly By Night. Yeah. And for those of you who are wondering, this is Night with an N... Not a K. Not a K. Right. And they didn't do that, you know, stupid, like, we'll be clever. Uh, somebody oh, show so me. That's the thing I want right there. Yeah. I'm, you know, because everybody knows how Ludini reads when he we're can't old. see. Yeah. <laughs> but so we're going to talk about this. And one of the questions I want to address is why the record label did not like this album. Mm, interesting. Because I listened to it today mm-hmm. and I think that it's I don't really hear anything on this 
um, that is all that crazy for the time. No, I mean there were a lot no. of bands that were doing. You know, you know, uh, Yes was mm-hmm, was a band mm-hmm. was a thing already. Kansas was already a thing oh, by yeah. now. Yeah. Gentle Giant sure. was already a thing. Even Led Zeppelin had longish, right, epic right. kind of song. Yeah. Queen. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. So this came out on this came out on Valentine's Day, nineteen seventy five. It was recorded the previous September. You all right? Yeah, I just okay. knocked over my can of pop. Oh, in the name of a ball's oh. nut. Jeepers. Uh, but it's the second studio album by the Canadian rock band Rush. Duh. Yeah. We are using Wikipedia here. Uh, something that's really interesting about this album, real quick, and the internet. I was looking for a kind of maybe fan documentary on mm-hmm. the making of it or something and yep. could not find anything. So yeah, we're, that was we're, weird. We're going to use Wiki. And what is funny, though, uh, I, I always pull up the songs on Song Facts, too, because you, you, you find yeah. different stuff in there. There's. <laughs> You guys out there in Rush World, you guys took the time and put every single one of the songs on this album on song facts. <laughs> you know, some of them only have one sentence, but they're but all represented. They're all there. They're all there. But it's just, of course, it's the second studio album uh, by Rush. It was released uh, by on Mercury Records, a first Rush album to showcase. Uh, uh, elements of progressive rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Elements of progressive rock. Not every song in this album no, is progressive crazy. rock. Not, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like you know. Um, you can see the birth. Yes, you see the birth the of. Birth it. Okay, of what's this coming. is the first album to feature Neil Peart with writing lyrics and playing the drums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, replaced John Rutsey just prior to the band's North American tour. So he had been playing. He played on their North American tour. Before, so he'd been playing with him for what a year or so around that, yeah. Before yeah. they they got in the studio and started working this album, became pri- a primary lyricist. Um, and the abundance of the fantastical and philosophical themes uh, became more prominent sure. in the, in the yes. songs. Um, in March of '74, second Rush lineup consisting of Alex Lifeson, John Rutsey, and singer. Um, a ba- uh, and bassist Getty Lee released a self-titled so we know that they did that right. Rutsy rejoined the group for a month of club uh, dates before yeah. Lifeson and Lee decided it was best for Rutsy to leave due to difficulty managing his health on yeah. tour you know these are young guys they want to party up they want to live it up mm-hmm, and they got a guy mm-hmm. who uh, what he has he had diabetes 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 exactly <laughs> that's what happened to you if you have diabetes yep um they were guilt-ridden, but then they realized it's just the way it had to be. Yeah, yeah. you know, he was no happy, way he could you know, have gone they, they weren't happy. He wasn't happy. Yeah, and being just, out there yeah. partying and drinking and yeah, stuff it with just the wasn't diabetes. Work. They would have to be worried about him all the time. Exactly. Um, it would have killed. Well, him. Yeah, it would. Yeah, and what, what happened? What here's yeah. what happens is with a situation <laughs> like that. He okay, so maybe so maybe he can do it, but then what does happen is if he gets sick. And then they have to cancel dates. It's, and they're a new band out on their first tour. It's like, this is not a good look. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you don't get a, what's the, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression exactly. or whatever they say. Right. Exactly. Right. So they, they auditioned um, five drummers, the fourth of which was Neil Peart. Uh, he was in a, in a local band called J, uh, J.R. Flood. Oh. 
They played the the three played along to anthem, a song written mostly while Rutsy was in the group, uh, that Rush later recorded on this album. We're talking yep. about tonight, yeah. Fly by Night. Life and Lee were so impressed with Peart's style, they felt embarrassed for the fifth drummer who had prepared oh, by writing God. charts to their oh, songs. Got, to follow. This guy, yeah, this guy showed up okay. with charts and everything. That's great. Uh, he joined in. Uh, Peart joined in. 29th of July 1974 and it was uh, Getty Lee's 21st Happy birthday so this was before uh, the tour kicked off on August 14th at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh that's Woo, right go Pittsburgh first US, Pittsburgh Pennsylvania uh, show yeah they Pitch- opened for Uriah Heap and Manfred Mann exactly wow. by the end of the year the group had written new material for the follow up album yeah. after a five day break Fly By Night was recorded in September no. Excuse me. In December of, yes. of 1974, <laughs> and mixed in 75 uh, in January at the Toronto Sound Studios during a gap in their U.S. and Canadian tour. Lifeson said it took around five days to record. Once the mixing had finished, the group packed their cases and traveled to Winnipeg for a concert wow. on January 15. It was the band's first album co-produced by Terry Brown, who would remain mm-hmm. uh, in this role through Signals in yeah. 1982. Lifeson was pleased with the songs of the album and felt like it was the second beginning for the group. Lee recalled the difficulty that their label's management had in understanding the material on the album, particular by tour and the Snow Dog, as they had wanted material in the style of their debut. Right. Okay. Um I this so we're gonna talk about this. Uh real quick, the I, maybe we should well, let me do this part real quick. Okay. Because I want to talk. I, I want to get into the songs. I have a lot to mm-hmm, say about mm-hmm, the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, just real quick, this is a sort of synopsis. Uh, the band wanted each song on Fly By Night to show a different side to their writing and playing, which was on an album of varied styles. As Peart was a keen reader, he became the group's primary lyricist, which suited Life's and Lee because they preferred to write the music. Rolling Stone article reasoned this shift in roles to the massive difference in the lyrical styles between their first album mm-hmm. and the second album, Fly By Night, which contains more literary themes and references. The songs By Tour and the Snow Dog and Rivendell are examples of the inclusion of fantasy themes into Rush's music. The original hand-penned lyrics for Anthem and Fly By Night include different or additional lyrics not sung in the final recording, including a prologue for the latter. Mm. The tracks, the tracks, best I can, and in the end, were written before Peart joined the band and were performed regularly during Rush's first North American tour. Oh, um, and this is very interesting because I, I listened to the album mm-hmm. on YouTube Music today, and after it played, some other stuff of theirs played, including a live version of this of, of the song "Fly By Night" uh-huh. with different lyrics. Really. Either that or Getty was fucking no, rocked off his ass and was, was fucking them all up. No. Um, but he was, it was absolutely not singing the, the same lyrics that we oh, cool. know and love from the, from the album. Okay. So I want to go track by track on, on, on this and talk about the songs. Um, I have to, one of the things I have to say about the album in general is I think that the record label lacked imagination. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I think what happened was I, I don't I don't think that they really got behind this album. 
I would be interested to see what other albums were on Mercury Records mm, yeah. that were being released at this time. If maybe that would, this was all BS because maybe there was somebody more famous that they wanted to put their money kind into. Promote, yeah, and put, yeah. you know, um, because quite frankly, some of the songs on this album are downright pop tunes. The song, the title song, mm-hmm. "Fly By Night," oh, is yeah. way more pop even than "Working Man." Yeah. From from the which was their the first single album, from yeah. the from the first album. I mean, it's way more catchy and mm-hmm. sing along type thing. It's three minutes and twenty three seconds long. Right. It's a, you know, yeah. It's like a kind of a power pop kind radio of thing. Friendly. And it is very radio. It's still played on the radio. Oh, yeah. Probably once a day on your favorite classic sure. rock station plays the song "Fly By Night." I'm sure at least exactly. once a day. Um, <clears throat> but the, but we're going to go ahead and start 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 at the beginning before we get we get before we get too far ahead of ourselves. And so let's. This is the opening track. Okay. It's a great riff. Mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. good opener. Really showcases. Ooh, wakes you up. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> like, it really right. showcases um, uh, Neil Peart's drumming. Even though this is a yeah. song that was written before Neil Peart was in the band, mm-hmm. and he didn't. Neil Peart did not write the lyrics to this. Either. Interesting. Here, th- th- this wow. Is, this is. Oh wait a minute. He did. I okay. I was going to say. I thought that was. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. Let me. I mean, if I let me read my notes here. Uh, all, all okay, except where noted. Okay, okay. So, like, Getty Lee wrote "Best I Can." We're mm-hmm. gonna talk about that next. I apologize. Okay, okay. He did write "Anthem" um, because it is based on a an yeah, Ayn I Rand. Say, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just missed. I had uh, that's all right. My notes mixed that's up. The okay. song opens with uh, Lifeson playing an acoustic. Uh, no, that's no, not. Negative, oh, negative. I have in the end. Silly boy, get uh, the right th- one. I think I messed. We're up. professionals, kids. Don't try this at home. I know. Let me do this. Let me do this. I think that I. Anthem. There we are. There I don't know. Go. I put. I just put the wrong link in there. It's a name there of a science go. fiction story published by Ayn Rand in 1938. The song uses the title, but otherwise has nothing to do with the story. Okay. 76. Uh, they uh, Rush released 2112, which was based on Rand's story Anthem. Okay. Um. 
There's a video of Rush performing the song in 75. Yeah, Little Easter all, Egg. Yep. Uh, Anthem is the name of Rush's record label, which they formed mm-hmm, in 77. The first release on Anthem Records was the Rush single Making Memories on and the Temple with Temples of Syrinx on the B oh, side. Interesting. Uh, Thrash, uh, Metalers, Anthrax recorded a version of this in 2013 on an album called Anthems, explaining okay. why they chose to record this Rush song. Drummer, guitarist, drummer and guitarist Charlie uh, Benete told mm-hmm. us that he and vocalist Joey Belladonna were on a Rush kick yeah. and discussing which of their songs they'd like to record. In the back of my mind, I didn't want to do a real 80s type Rush song because I guess it would be kind of obvious that you would pick something off of mm-hmm. moving pictures or something. We didn't want to do that. So we went way back. And we were talking about uh, their first live album, All the World's a Stage, and Anthem. And that was the, my introduction yes. to the song. Yeah, that's the was first hearing time it I heard from, it. Yeah, yeah. With, on the radio. Um, uh, that was the one because I think uh, the thing about Anthem was it had the elements of songs like off our first album. And it appealed to us and we just went for it. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. Go, go Anthrax. There are um, other Rush tributes out there too, featuring people like um, Sebastian Bach and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I really don't hear anything on this that is not rock radio, 1975 right. oh, friendly, yeah. yeah, you know, album rock. Like there was nothing, there's nothing about this that sounds, Oh wow. That's really out there. Or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like, no, it's pretty straightforward. It's a, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's over four minutes, but, you know, it's you know not if you put it in context. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the next one. Best I can. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna blaspheme I'm gonna blaspheme here. Oh, okay. which Kiss song is this? This sounds like a Kiss song, and I oh, can't yeah. place which Kiss song it is. But I mean, again, do you really hear? It's only three minutes and twenty six seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not like it's some sprawling epic that takes up half the side right, of the fucking right. record. It's a straight up rock and roll yeah. thing. Like, why could this? If if Working Man could be on the radio, could this? I don't know.
Okay. Yes, I, I get, yes. okay, that isn't maybe the tightest hook in the world, but the song right. kicks ass. It's a good rock and roll song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I listened to this today, which, by the way, is probably the first time I've listened to this album in its entirety all at once. Because I would like, I have favorite songs, and I would go listen to this Put song. the needle down in different Yeah, exactly, places. right? <laughs> but I, I had to take a second, like, after the first two tracks, and I'm like, all right, this is like 1975. you got to rewind your brain. And once I got into that 1975 headspace, I'm like, oh, I get it. Dude, if I was 14 years old and I brought this home from Depraying A's and yeah. put it on my turntable, I'd be like, holy God, this is the most incredible yeah. record I've heard. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I mean, that is what, butt what kicking I had rock to, and roll right yeah, there. What I had to do is I had to forget the future rush. And go, no, no, listen, this listen, listen a, to this with a fresh ear. They sound just like a straight up rock and roll band. Yeah, exactly. Here. Yeah. I mean, on these first two songs, okay? Yep, definitely. Now, they, they do get into some other stuff mm-hmm. moving moving forward from here. And let's go ahead and check out um, the next. But, anyways, this is uh, just a little piece of trivia. This is the only second, there's only two rock songs, well, uh, two songs by Rush that actually mention rock and roll in the yeah. lyrics. Oh, this and the other one. one is a song called In, in the, the Mood. Mood. I love In the Mood. Okay. Uh, see? See what you learned by hanging out see? with Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. If you're ever on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Oh, speaking of that, yes. uh, rockrageradio.com. Download oh, yeah, the free yeah. app to listen to us all the time. Mm-hmm. And please check out Wolf's Customs. Wolfie. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into the next track, yes, which please, is please. Beneath, Between, and Behind. BBB. Oh, my. BBB. Okay, best. Okay, Anthem is four minutes and 22 seconds. Sure. Okay. All right. A little, okay. little long ish. But, but sure. Led Zeppelin and Queen and Deep Purple and a lot of bands uh-huh. had. Songs uh-huh. like that, okay? okay. Uh, best I can is three twenty-six. Okay, is, all right. Oh, this is not the shortest song. The next one is not the shortest one. Yep. I thought maybe oh, it was. No, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. But um, this is it. Three, come clocks in at three o two. Beneath, between, between and, behind. and behind. Here we go. Ah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. What's the Led Zeppelin song that starts out? Dun, 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 dun,
butt nice. kicking rock and roll. Yeah. I would have been like, I can picture myself in my bedroom with my <laughs> record player, <laughs> yep. you know, in my like, you know, early to mid teens mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like being like, oh my God, like freaking yeah, out yeah, yeah. over how sick this is. Um, No, there isn't a real strong hook. And um, this brings me to something. I'm going to talk about this on some of the other songs too. Okay. <clears throat> this is where I feel like their producer now should have gotten involved. Oh. And said and helped them sort the songs out a little bit better mm-hmm. and bring out some of the hooks a little bit more. Okay. Um, I, I think that, you know, but when I read the intro, what they recorded it in like five days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't a whole lot of like get in the studio, work with the right. producer, having say, hey guys, let's try let's it this try way. That. You know, yeah. why don't you, you know, shorten Hey Getty, like shorten that hook up a little bit. Instead of saying these five words, say these three words like over and like right, little things exactly. like that uh-huh. that I think that like, because these songs are like, some of these songs feel like they are like almost there. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they kick ass, and I love the energy that the boys have oh, on this. Yeah. I mean, they sound like a young, hungry rock band. Yep. You know, there's no like, you know, they're not overthinking anything. They're just, you know, rocking it balls deep. Um, uh, according to Song Facts, uh, this is about the discovery of America and the birth of the nation. Hmm. It refers to the rapid growth, immigration, wars, and uh, and the American dream. Nice. According to Getty Lee on VH1's classics, Hang With Us was the first Rush song with lyrics written by Neil well, Peart. So this was see? something that, you know, he had put together. Very cool. <clears throat> um you may not catch the li- lyrics, but oh, yes, looks like some some history here going right. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Ten score years ago, defeat the kingly foe. A wondrous dream came into being. Tame the trackless waste. No virgin land left chaste. All shining eyes, but never seeing. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, yep, this you can yep. see Neil Peart. <laughs> Neil yeah, Peart is definitely. all over this. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Um, now we're going to get to one of my, I want a, a song that I believe is a masterpiece. Okay. I, I think this is one of the strongest tracks on the, I think, um, well, we'll talk about at the end what I think my, the strongest tracks are. Okay. But Anthem. Yes. Is absolutely yes, one of them. Yes. And this next one by tour and the snow dog. And <clears throat> I was right. Were you? Remember when I said a couple weeks ago, something to the effect that like by tour, like biter, yeah, that's where the name came from. No way. Yes. And, and I'll tell. We'll talk about oh, the story wow. behind the song right. in a minute. But, I remember that. But we got to jam out to this.
phase shifter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, drowning in it. Grooving the shit out of that. Hell Listen yeah. to that, man. Yeah. And he, like, Getty and um and and Neil are just laying it mm-hmm. down. That's some in the pocket yeah. shit, man. And like, <clears throat> yes, there's some sound effects here, mm-hmm. but you could tell that like Alex's tone is not all that much different than the first album. Exactly. You could, yeah, it's basically yeah. a Les Paul through a Marshall stack, mm-hmm. probably boosting it with some something a little yeah, bit to get a little yeah. bit more dirt on it. <clears throat> okay, so you have the beginning of their sort of like thing with the sound effects stuff with the the whatever mm-hmm. that would it would I don't know if they did it with a vocoder or something like that, but I don't believe there's any synthesizers on this album. Uh, mm. let's go back. I think this will tell us. Rush. Yeah, see, no, no, no synthesizers. Yep. <clears throat> the lots of guitar work. This yeah, is yeah. this is really lets Alex Lifeson really shine because, oh, yeah. like, if you just have Neil and Getty, you know what I mean. You don't have any mm-hmm. of that other. You don't have that like that texture. Yeah. You know, he really brings a lot to this this, yeah. this record. He really gets to shine once they started getting into synthesizers and stuff like that. <clears throat> then there really was not as much for him to do. Exactly. Yeah, I, did. Yeah. He, I know he helped out yeah, on some yeah, things yeah. here and there, but I mean, he's a guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, and, and I've heard him talk about it, that it was like, he wasn't his most exciting time right, in Rush right. to when they were doing all the keyboard stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he was a team player and those were his friends. Mm-hmm. And they were they were making big records. Hey, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And when they played live, they still did all their rock and roll stuff too, oh, yeah. you know? <clears throat> so, um like let's listen to just like I gotta have a little bit more. Just a little I, I, bit. Need, I need a little more. You do just, it. Just, just just indulge me. Just yeah, indulge me. On do, this. do it. We are two minutes and thirty nine into it. It doesn't feel that long to me. But no, I'm no, a rush fan. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> some licks mm-hmm. from working man in there yeah I yeah 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 i do too <laughs> those pick squeal things he does just remember too working man isn't a short song no and there's a long breakdown similar to this right so he's got to fill is, that somehow yeah and this is like this is what i don't understand like why i i, I have some theories on why this scared the radio and and the record label but okay. i'll tell that in a minute
So the guitar and the snow dog are kind of having an argument. Exactly. Yep. <clears throat> Now, now, what's interesting too, like, um, I'm not going to attempt to play what he's playing, but um, <laughs> like, if this was Bad Company or Deep Purple, they wouldn't use that scale. It'd be like, instead of doing like, he's doing something with like, a, it's just not quite blues rock you know right, what i mean right. it's a little yeah. he's adding a you know he's he's, he's venturing out mm-hmm, uh, side mm-hmm. of that and you know, and so but do you, does every band have to sound like fucking bad company no, like you know what i mean they don't i think it's great yeah. I'm pissed that the radio didn't play. I mean, like DVE, You'll I'm sure did this on like rarely. album sides nights yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. <clears throat> but like, this is something that does. I think that '70s rock fans absolutely, if you would have played it enough, people would have rocked oh, out to it. Absolutely. this I want to talk about this the next mm-hmm. section so that is four minutes and 35 seconds mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there is about another four minutes to go right yes um, so here's my feeling about by tour and the snow dog and I mm-hmm. think this is what sunk the tune with the record label okay um, first of all, and, and, and DJs, I think when mm. they saw, let me, yeah, let me no, find no. it. When they saw this nonsense, mm-hmm. um, times, yeah. you know, one across the tobes of Hades, right? Two, <laughs> yeah, to whatever. Yeah. Two across the sticks, three of, of the, the battle, battle, uh, sub what one under yeah, three yeah. challenge and defiance. And then uh, two under that seven, four war Fuhrer. <laughs> So apparently they break into a bar of seven, four, right, right. <clears throat> three Roman numeral, the baby Roman numeral yeah. under that aftermath four baby Roman numeral under that, uh, hymn of triumph mm-hmm. five big number, uh, Roman numeral is, uh, yeah, um, yeah, four. No, that's Roman confusing. That's confusing, isn't it? Oh, well, no, well, because well, those well, are subcategories. Yeah, it's a three, sub of a yeah, sub of, yeah. I get this. Okay. So here. finally it ends with epilogue. Right. Okay. Oh. And I'm going to tell you right now, like I'm a, just a moron podcaster and I'm probably not nearly as high as some of these dudes in the Mm seventies. And I'm going to tell you right now they they went like, uh, no, no, they probably didn't even listen to it. They probably thought it was like, it was probably, they probably were expecting like, like that. Um, what was his name? Um, he became a famous producer. He produced the unforgettable fire, uh, for you too. Um, I want to say his, his name is not Timothy Leary. That is not his name. 
Mr. Pittsburgh, maybe you could Google that for me. He's really famous, uh, worked with um, King Crimson and bands like that. But he was famous for like making songs with just like leaves rustling around. And I think that they thought, when I would have thought that. If I looked at that, I'd been like, what the fuck? I ain't, and I wouldn't even listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, t- the title of the song is like, I think you could have got with. But the rest of it is like, what the fuck is this shit? And so I think that they made a mistake with that. Um Number one. Number two, I think that if the record label was willing to do this like they did with some other famous classic rock songs, and that was do a radio edit of it. There there's a, you go. There's a radio yeah. edit of Roundabout. That's totally fine. No, it is not. The, we all love the album version, but this kind of broke the song to the general public. Right. There's right. a radio edit of Carry On Wayward Son. Sure. We love the original better with all the great guitar solos mm-hmm, and the organ mm-hmm. solo and all that, but that that the the single version got the got general public you, kind of like... like oh, yeah. So think of it as like the theatrical release and the director's cut. Exactly. Okay, now, and that wasn't a thing in 1975. Nobody thought about it, like, in those terms. <clears throat> but I'm just telling you to think about that. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you how to think, man. I'm programming Stop you, it. Dude. Stop it, okay? Um But did you get the guy's name? Yeah, so uh, there's two producers, uh, Brian Eno. Brian Eno. Oh, that's Brian the guy who's, who like, of? famous for making all yeah. these, like, you know, he would oh, make yeah, entire, yeah, okay. entire album. He produced the Talking Heads, too, so he didn't turn them into that, or King Crimson into that, but he was his own music a lot of times mm-hmm. was wacky yeah. stuff, and I it's think the guy there. saw, and they thought Brian Eno bullshit, and, you know, <laughs> we're just like, we're not listening to that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think the riffs, I think that, trading back and forth with the guitar solo and the dog noise or whatever. I think uh-huh. it's really sick. Yeah, like, I think cool. it would have been a, this could have been like a classic rock thing and they could have created a cool radio edit of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it slows down for a long time after this part yeah, right here. Yeah. And Alex does his volume swells, mm-hmm. and, which stuff which he became more famous for later on. It's funny with him doing the volume swells on this. And then he is such a brilliant guitar player and I, I'm at least one of my absolute heroes. Other than the fact that he puts a Floyd Rose, a fucking Floyd Rose <laughs> on the last bothers you <clears throat> other than that, that really but this bothers was this, you this is the, his volume swells are like not quite perfect and it sounds to me mm-hmm. like he was still working that out yeah they sound yep. good Figured but they're not out. like like joe bonamassa do you ever hear him do volume swells? oh yeah i mean it sounds like somebody's playing a synthesizer exactly. and it's not it's just it's and yep. he's not using a pedal he's using his finger yeah, it's, it's his neat. finger yeah but um phil keggy was the first guy yes, who do, yes. do that sort of thing <clears throat> in any case um I think that this is such a badass tune. I just felt like they made some kind of mistakes with how they presented yeah. the song and more people should have gotten to hear what a sick mm-hmm. riff this is. Mm-hmm. Especially that breakdown in the middle where they're, where they're fucking rocking. It's, oh, yeah. it's fucking in the goddamn pocket. <clears throat> like, that's Rush grooving some shit. Anyways, Rush's road manager, Howard Ungleider, Ungleider, yeah. Ungleider, uh, right. Ungleider yeah. <laughs> came up with a title at a party. Oh. Uh, there were two dogs at this party, one a German Shepherd and the other a tiny, white, nervous dog. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> Poodle, Shih Tzu, I don't know. Uh, Howard used to call the Shepherd Bitor because anyone that walked into the house was bitten. Get See? it? Biter? Bitor? There you go, yes. The other dog uh, was a snow dog, white. So mm-hmm. from that night on, Howard called the pair of dogs by tour and the snow dog. That's the awesome. dogs belonged to Rush's manager. That's crazy. Okay. On the back cover of the album, Alex Lifeson identified as snow dog and getting his by tour. 
The character Bytor uh, returned the following release, Caress of Steel. In that song, Bytor uh, was the victor in the battle. Oh, yes, that's right. And I want to talk about Caress of Steel. This is a really, it's a kind of, if Rush has some obscure albums. Yes. Caress of Steel is an obscure album, mm-hmm. but it is nonetheless fucking awesome. Mm. It's a really, there's some fucked up shit on that album. That is like, <laughs> that's a that's a dark record too. Like it's good. Yeah. Um, and first Rush album with Peer at their drummer. Okay, we already talked about that. <clears throat> but yes, uh, so, oh, thank you song effects. That's great. Okay. And I had said that. I suspected, I'm like, could this yeah. be about Bitor? I remember you know, that, yeah. You know, Biter, Bitor. Yeah, you're you know, right, exactly. sir. Maybe I had read this or something and it was stuck in the, my oh, subconscious. No. I don't know. I don't know, but I sort of always thought that when I when I first heard about the song, mm-hmm. I hadn't heard the song. I would pick up the album because oh, I one thing we gotta talk about this album, the fucking album cover. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's iconic. That I mean, like that absolutely. Like that's another reason. Like I think the label just didn't get behind this. They didn't put in everything mm-hmm. they could have with this. Now Rush was like <clears throat> at this point it was a kind of breaking in mid level group. Right. I mean they had they were on a big tour. Um, with uh Uriah Heep and Man, right, people right. forget too. Uriah Heep is one of these bands that was like had a giant moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they were really a big band, that, but with exception of one or two songs, did not end up having the the classic rock catalog right. of say a Led Zeppelin, exactly, or Deep yeah. Purple, or even a Rush. Uh-huh. <clears throat> In any case, um, they were on a big tour, so they could have. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know things were different. Things were different then, and money was probably tight, and the label was probably just didn't want to put the development money into right. this. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to defend the lads by saying that like this is no fault of their own. They're super young, and they, I think if they could have had a producer and they had would have had some time to get a little direction on some mm-hmm. of the songs, yeah. and then if they had the label had more interest and more faith in them, might have done things like say guys. Buy Tour in the Snow Dog is sick as fuck, but we need to, if we're going to get people into this, right. please consider a radio edit. Like, <clears throat> Led Zeppelin has one radio edit, it's a whole lot of love, and they hate it, they think it's terrible, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But that got people who did not know Led Zeppelin, right. or did not know that album or that song, get, get that interested album. in checking uh-huh. it out. You know, it's and very- imagine like knowing the radio edits and then going out, get that album, put it on and you're hit with all that other stuff. That would be so cool. It, yeah, it opens you up. Yeah, <clears throat> it opens you up. So- uh, th- but this is just like, now this wasn't always like this. The 60s and 70s were way more experimental and there was a lot of I mean, there were big records by um, uh, there were jazz artists like T- Herb Alpert. Mm-hmm. Had a mm-hmm. huge fucking hit, you know. George Benson yeah. had a big hit with um with Breezin, which was a which was a jazz song. Like it was mm-hmm. a top ten fucking hit. They sold millions of records. <clears throat> so uh, audiences were more go with the flow in terms of like if you if it was cool and you played it enough, we'd get into it. Exactly, which it would give it a yep. chance. I just don't think this was given a chance. This song right, this next song right here, I want to talk about. This is the title track, um, off the album. And, um... That uh, Getty comes in yep. over that very simple thing mm-hmm. and does what Getty Lee fucking does. Yes. Like, that's just signature... 
Getty Lee playing. Like, that's why you have right Getty here. in the band because, like, that is a great riff, but that that puts a little sprinkles on mm-hmm. the, the icing there. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. <clears throat> also, I love Alex's tone. It's obviously mm-hmm. double tracked, and this is about as clean of a guitar, electric guitar sound as you hear on the whole record. Right, but it's awesome. Right. Okay, the mm-hmm. bass is almost playing the vocal melody. Right, right. It's so neat. I gotta hear it again. Boom, 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 boom. He did one of those yeah, in between the two chord there, changes, yeah. you know. Kevin just did air bass. Of that course, I had to do And everybody does. It's, it's all, every little, all these little things. Went, and what mm-hmm. Neil became really famous for this, right? With all his fills in Tom Sawyer. Right, And the right. people with air drum. But dude, like, Getty is laying down some sweet shit. And yeah. Who was the other bass player that played like this at this time? The only guy I can think of is Chris Squire. Chris Squire, yeah. It's a brilliant piece of fucking music. Um, <clears throat> it is. Uh, I was surprised that there aren't more covers of it. Um, that, oh, like, yeah. like this is a song that I think like, and, and I was really excited um, today was I was researching this that there was a version of this. Now mm-hmm. don't get too excited. It was just a kind of like ah moment. Oh, oh. Um, Bare naked ladies. I'm like, of course they would kill this of song. Course. They would sound awesome to them. Yep. It's a, on a, it's like a bad cell phone video, oh, and man. they don't do the whole song. They play like a little bit. Oh, <clears throat> that would have been awesome. But this is a song that I think is like I would totally put in that power pop mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, thing that that um, that happened with a lot of uh, what I don't know what other bands right off the top of my head um, would be. Uh, in that genre but in any case i would put it in that sort of genre uh drummer uh and lyricist neil peart wrote this about his first trip away from home in 71 at 18 driven by musical ambition and an insatiable desire to travel explore and learn about everything he escaped the narrow world of his small town canadian life and flew to england that first Great trip started an exhilarating new life. Yeah. Song is referenced in the online game Kingdom of Loathing. Um, Ooh, interesting. Okay, interesting. I love the lyrics to this song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is this is a song I think a lot and lyrically of the same kind of quality that a song like Working Man is. I think this is a song. Mm-hmm. Um this isn't a song about <laughs> Fantasy creatures. Nope. There's no Lord of the Rings. We're going to get into Lord. Yes, they do a Lord of the Rings yes, song on this. Um, but this is a song, one of the songs like you can sing along to and it can, mm-hmm. can apply to your life. Sure, yeah. Why try? I know why. The feeling inside me says it's time I was gone. Clear head. New life ahead. 
It's time I was king now, not just one more pawn. Yeah. Fly by night, away from here. Change my life again. Fly by night, goodbye, my dear. My ship isn't coming, and I just can't pretend. Mm. So, I mean, right? you know, this is a very, it's a song that we can all... Yep. Relate to, relate to, make, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it. The lyrics are perfect. This is you know, <clears throat> um, there's this, this is the, and and, I, and speaking of covers, I think a band that would do a fucking awesome cover of this. Yeah. And there's another song on this album I'm going to talk about later on um, that I heard today, and I said this band should cover this because over that song as well, mm-hmm. and that is Triumph. Oh, definitely. I think it would be really cool if Triumph did an album of Rush covers. Nice. Where's my phone? <laughs> Call up Rick right oh, now. Hey, tell him hey, to get, Rick, get tell him to get on that. Tell me to, to, to get right <laughs> yeah, on that. Get right on that, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the fucking mm-hmm. beautiful piece of music. Just yes. stunning. Um, let's move on to making memories. All right. Okay, this when I heard this and I heard him start singing, the what 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 does this remind you of? What other band? Oh, I, oh, fuck, I can. Oh, is that them? May, well, but before that, a band that would have been out around the same. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it sounds a lot like the fucking Doobie Brothers. You put oh, you put harmonies man, on that. Yeah. You know, even the groove. Yep. Yeah, yep. I can hear Pat Easily been a radio song. Oh, easily, yeah. easily. Again, I oh, think that this, well, some Mercury. of the, some of these songs focus from underproduction. Yeah, I mean, suffer from underproduction. Like he put some background vocals on mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. maybe some auxiliary percussion. You know, maybe when the chorus kicks in, maybe even do. I don't know. I'm gonna say blasphemy. Maybe even oh, do wow. maybe oh, put wow. some strings on it or something. What? Like it could be. Yeah. This absolutely could have been some '70s classic rock song that you mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. to every summer. Definitely. You know what I mean? I mean, listen. It's a great title, "Making Memories." I mean, you can yeah. already see the freaking like '73 Charger, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know what I mean? With a little bit of rust on the quarter panel. You know what I mean? And the fucking eight-track player, right? Mm-hmm. You get. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. I mean, like, this is completely, it's like, 
you're being very unrushed now, right? Dude. <laughs> I mean, it's very unrushed. Yeah. But you know, yeah, we did we so did good. a show on that their covers album. Yes. And yes. you can hear, Feedback, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh-huh, that, you know, uh-huh. maybe Buffalo Springfield or something in exactly. this, you know? Yeah. Now, who knew Alex played fuck? Well, he played Slide on, um, on their. Yes. He plays a slide on that Limelight, solo. I believe, yeah. does he? Did he play slide on that solo? No, it's all trim. It is all trim. Yeah, it's I've all seen trim. him play the. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's so all trim. here he is doing a fucking. Yeah, yep. doing mm-hmm. a Dwayne Allman on your ass. Yep. You get, I'm going to tell you right now, you get Billy Powell on piano. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get Ronnie Van Zandt on vocals. Sure. You get Casey Gaines on background vocals. Mm-hmm. This could be Skinner's song. It's a Skinner song. Yeah. 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 Ten, 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 ten. It's almost mm-hmm. got the Bo Diddley beat. A little bit, yeah. It's very, yep. It's you're being very unrushed now. <laughs> okay, so now, um, so like, again, this is a song that I just, you know, mm-hmm. Felt like a little bit more work, like yeah, really, you know. And I, I hear this on all on on several songs on here. Okay, um, let's let's let's. When it's time, <laughs> it's oh time boy. to visit Middle Earth. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna just go ahead and get the um thing up front. Oh, yeah. Um, and I believe we're going in order. Yeah, yeah, we are. Oh come on, E. e. Where's my E? N. There you Dell, are. and it's not Dale. So there you go. so right, Led Zeppelin. Did the same thing only I mm-hmm. this is I gotta say Led Zeppelin their thing was way cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is called Rivendell. Sunlight dances through the leaves. Soft winds stir sighing trees. I don't think there's any reverb. Or anything like that on Getty's voice. Oh, it's very. I do yeah. like the mix. Like it's an intimate when they I, when artists do that and they mix the vocals real dry like that. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy is whispering something in your and you like right. and you're listening to hear. It's like, yeah, it makes yeah. it sound really important. Like what he's yep. going to say. Exactly. Why does this microphone smell like fucking pot, Mr. Pittsburgh? I don't know. <laughs> okay, listen. <clears throat> so, we'll listen to a little bit more. We'll give it a... Elven songs and endless nights Sweet wine and soft Relaxing lights Him 
doing something on the electric guitar. Yeah. That's some kind of when I when I listened to this this yeah. this morning, I'm like, is that a flute? What is that? He does it so well. It's yeah, the that's him. That's the him. Guitar. There's yeah. no flutes on it. Right. He does yeah. a great job on it. Again, the the amazing Alex Lifeson. Um, yes. I think that this is a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. They think it's a, I think it's a cool idea. And like, it isn't too whacked out. Led Zeppelin did ramble on where they reference the Lord of the Rings. Right. And there's other songs. That, uh, a lot of bands have done um, blatant, um, mm-hmm. fan, you know, taking stuff right out of fantasy novels and like named it the title of a song. Like yep. it's not yep. Metallica has Iron Maiden has they've, you know, um, it's a very common, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, and especially in this, it's a very kind of seventies thing in a way oh, yeah. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, however, Oh. It is it to me. It's just meandering around yeah. for five minutes, yep. uh, and it is five fucking minutes of that. Yes. It's good, but it's more like an interlude that maybe should have been put in one of their progressive pieces where they mm-hmm. did it for like a minute or something yep. like that. Yeah. And or the other thing I thought about this was like again, like it seems like if they could have spent more time on it, yeah. maybe they could have put. It needs a hook. You know, in you know, there are songs that are like this. I give you a song that's like this, um, in a way. In it's like something like "Yesterday" by the Beatles, right? It's mm-hmm. got beautiful acoustic chord, you know, sure. chord chain and yes. all that, you know. Um, but um, it has that refrain "Yesterday," mm-hmm. and then it comes "Yes," you know, and he like there's like a great lyric hook. Right to it, that really keeps you interested. Also, it has a lot of dynamics, which this does not have. No. This needs dynamics, like this needs to get loud. It doesn't have to be rock band loud. Again, but why yeah. not bring bring it's in a very... string quartet and do something, you know, mm-hmm. build something up and have some kind of like it's. I, I just again like it's like a cool idea that isn't done. Right, it's like you know There's I'd no have been fees. like if I'd have been producing and we had time. Listen to me. I'm going to tell Rush what to do. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. So I'm being. Him. I'm just. I'm fantasizing. Okay, indulge me. You indulge tell me. him, Ludini. I just pretend I'm good. Pretend I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, let's pretend like I was a great producer. All right. Um. You know. Uh. What's you know like you know who would? Uh, what's his name? Uh. Todd Rundgren. Okay. You know, I can, you yeah, know like him yeah. getting somebody like that getting with them on this. Like that would be hilarious, right? Rush and Todd. Mm-hmm. Todd. I don't know. It might have been brilliant. Might have been. Might have been brilliant. They never they, can't tell. Most of their producers really were more about, I think, were kind of hands off. I don't think there was mm-hmm. a lot of effort, especially after 2112. Yeah. To like, like to, to tell them on, what to do just do your at thing. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do, you just play your music. We'll just, we'll just make it sound good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't think there was ever a lot of that. I mean, it was really those three guys. Um, and I just, you know, I, I think that like, but I think if you could have brought in somebody of that ilk right. to like work with them, I think they could have turned this into something like really cool. Okay. So this, the, the, um, <laughs> and again, it's, this is another song that I think is a little, um, but the last song of the album, you'll never guess what it's called. Uh, in the beginning. <laughs> it's called, Yeah. <laughs> So, like, if I'm listening to this album mm-hmm. and I and I sit through five minutes of Rivendale, right? And this now starts like this. this I'm like, like oh, boy, these guys no. are really going downhill, man. Where they scrape scraping oh, the bottom here. No. But I mean, they're still rush, and I'm like, I'm not worthy to like, like, you know, <laughs> lick their shit. But Relu- but I'm being yeah. like, I'm just saying, me. I'm just saying. All right, then. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just not, saying. I'm just saying. I don't mean anything by it. No. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. No offense. No. <laughs> 
No offense. I'm just Look, saying. Don't you love it too? That's like I like. Don't take this the wrong way. You know me. Oh, you're gonna take it the wrong come way. Come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't take offense means you're gonna be really mm-hmm. offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh crap. And this is six minutes and 47. Uh-huh. But it's not all of this. It's going to change. Yeah, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. Well, I can see what you mean. It just takes me longer. And I can feel what you feel. Makes you stronger. Well, you can take me for a little while. You can take so we're a minute in, yep. and I still kind of feel like not too much is happening. Yeah, you're like mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, like this. I, this is not a perfect album. It's a really good record. Yeah, it's just, you know what I mean, and like it absolutely does not. Did, it needed a little bit of help. It yes. needed the record yeah, label to kind polishing. of be behind. Because I think a couple of the, well, even without that, I think, a, first of all, I think Fly By Night could have been like like an actual like mm-hmm. top 10 hit. Mm-hmm. Maybe top four, top 40 hit. Maybe top, yeah. I won't be that ambitious. I think it could have been a top 40 hit, like fucking easy. Yeah. Um, and I think that like songs like Anthem, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, uh, beneath. you know, beneath, uh, beneath, Between, Behind, maybe even Best I Can, but definitely Anthem and, and some night. version of yeah. Bytor yeah. could have been like, like, big. Could have been big, big, and mem- big making memories. Oh have, yeah. yeah, could have all been yeah. like big songs, you know, that we would all be re- mm-hmm. even they mm-hmm. maybe they were maybe they wouldn't have been as big as Stairway to Fucking Heaven right. or something like that. But they but, would have been like in the they would have been in the catalog of songs you would hear pretty often on classic mm-hmm, rock radio mm-hmm. thirty years later. Yep, you know, I just don't think they were given a fair shake. Let's get. I know this rocks out. Oh Jesus, Rush. Uh, a minute and a half, you ain't there still dicking around Let's on come. acoustic guitars. There you go. It's not disco. That's not the right word. But that, like, those octave, that octave yeah. thing he's doing on the overdub guitar is mm-hmm. fucking great. I like the guitar work on that. I like the kind of groove of it. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Uh, but 
just my opinion on the song is it lacks a big chorus yeah, like yeah. a big something to like we can all you know we're like you're building it up you're building mm-hmm, it up so mm-hmm. like it's you want the payoff to be something we're all gonna kind of like maybe fit hands in the air yeah. maybe lighters in the air something and like it never really does that um yep. so so i was like so you know i i think it's a i think it's the record is kind of a mixed bag but still i mean jesus christ like most out al- most people don't could not put out eight songs period at one mm-hmm. time today mm-hmm. right <laughs> okay right they're all original all new stuff yeah oh, and stuff that's this really reaching for to be imaginative i mean like it is all of it's very different none mm-hmm. of it is like mm-hmm. you know they're definitely carving out their own sound at this point um and and really you got four total bangers oh yeah on the album you know total bangers yeah <clears throat> and um I just felt, you know, my sort of opinion on it is that, like, it did not get the um, fair, you know, mm-hmm. shake that it really should have had. Yeah. Um, there is probably chart information. Let's Ooh, take a look. Uh, let's see, let's see if there's here. any chart information here. Release of reception. Okay. Fly by Night was released in 75 of February. February. Yeah. Uh, reached number nine in Canada okay. and 113 on the U.S. Billboard 200. Mm-hmm. So it's on the 200. Okay. Uh, the title track was released as a single in May of 75, reaching number 45 in Canada and number 88 in the United mm-hmm. States. Okay. By October 75, the album had sold 110,000 copies. The original vinyl pressings contained an inner sleeve of photographs uh, and handwritten lyrics by Pierre. Wow. wow. What do you think that's worth today? A buck two fifty. Um, <laughs> Rush supported the album with the U.S. and Canadian tour. They covered more than 70 cities from February to June. 75, opening for Kiss and Aerosmith. They performed their first major headline shows across Canada, including a sold-out gig at Massey Hall. So even though it isn't... um, This is the beginning of Mm -hmm. how they really conquered the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, radio isn't going to always buy into everything we want to do. But we can play live. We're a good live band. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, in a review for a Statesville record and landmark, Pam Simon thought the album uh, is a strange schizophrenic album, almost evenly divided between second-rate acoustic music mm. and the dated concept of the power trio format. Huh. So maybe that the was dated issue concept too, in because, 1975. That's well, awesome. Well, the thing of it is, is you know, Clapton just quickly wanted to get away from cream. Right. You know what I mean? And then the Jimi Hendrix experience, they died. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so those were the real, and then the bands that kind of came after that were all sort of seen as imitating right. that. Yeah. You know, Robin Trower, mm-hmm. um, uh, Vanilla Fudge, like these different gr- groups with this, you know, guitar, bass, and drum thing. I don't think, you got to look at it, we're looking at it through the eyes of of you know this history of Rush right. with Getty Lee being Getty fucking Lee right, and Neil right, Peart right. being Getty fucking Peart and you're like this dumb bitch can't understand that nope. just because like this is only their second album yeah. they hadn't put out 2112 yet they mm-hmm. hadn't put out Tom Sawyer yet you know exactly. South Park they hadn't been on South Park and Simpsons yet <laughs> you know what I mean like, exactly. like none of that had happened yet so you know we're kind of like you know and it's just kind of funny that you know Mm-hmm. Uh, so she picked on the sort of pretentious nature of it. All right. 
Uh, she praised uh, Lifeson's more than Lifeson's more than competent, in her words, guitar work and Pierre's drumming. She criticized Lee's voice for sounding too similar to Robert Aww. Plant. Ah, uh, so. Getty. Uh, Ultimate Classic Rock included the album on their list of the top 170s rock albums. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I it, it's, mm-hmm. it's really good. It's a really good fucking yep. record. Even yep. with a, even you can, you know, you can skip to the, to the best songs, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is not perfect. I don't know if they really, you know, I think Moving Pictures is probably could be a perfect. Closest, album. Yeah, no, close. they're perfect. They do a perfect album. Okay, it's twenty one twelve. Oh, that, uh. that's perfect. It's <laughs> fucking like that's 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 that is their perfect yeah, album. Yeah. Their other albums are all like just have amazing okay. fucking moments, <laughs> you know. And and I think Moving Pictures is probably a perfect album too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they I, they probably have a, they probably have a few. Um, so um, well you know second album first album to feature Neil Peart. You know, this is history making. Mm-hmm. This is history. Yeah, this yeah. is rock and roll history. Exactly. Right here. This is the world being introduced to Neil Peart, who has such a fucking reach mm-hmm. and has inspired even a lot of guys that like don't play well. <laughs> will say, yeah. well, I love Neil Peart. He made me want to play the drum. You know, there's like everybody, you know, love Neil Peart. Everybody loved Neil Peart, yes. And this is his introduction to the world. Exactly. Exactly. But Terry Brown um, produced this, who worked with him mm-hmm. for a long time, through Signals, I believe. Yep, yeah. So, at some point, they changed up. You know, uh, ACDC only worked with uh, Matt L- M- Mutt Lang, I think, for three albums. Mm-hmm. And, you know. But anyways. Um... Fly by night. If you haven't listened to it in a while, go back and listen to it. Although we practically played played you the whole well, thing man. here. Uh, those of you listen on Rock Rage Radio, you know, I'm really glad we have that opportunity. If you're listening to this on Spotify or whatever, don't mm-hmm. tell anybody because we don't have permission. <laughs> we were doing it. Now this is what I would call fair use. Yeah, we were playing the music and commenting and like. Discussing exactly. the history of this, exactly. so I'm sorry. I consider it fair fucking use. Yes, and I didn't sit here and just Your play honor. the whole thing and tell you like, okay, get ready to tape it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's not going to work with us. <laughs> we don't we don't play the whole song, and we talk over it, so you don't want that. You know, I mean, you know, <clears throat> and a lot of um, uh, times we make a complete mockery of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we didn't really make a mockery of this. I mean, yeah. Rush, I mean, you know, so, I, you know, I will always say I'm not worthy. Even like Rivendale is, right. you know, and it's fucking Rush, dude. Yeah, like, you know, rush. so. Yeah. Cool, man. I mean, and, and again, like you skip around to what you want. Yeah. You know, you, you just, you just, you, you play what you, you like. You play, you, yeah, exactly. You play what you like. Huh? Oh my God. So, guys, that was Rock and Rush, yeah. episode five. Um, next week, I think that what, what Lily and I are going to, and I think she's going to enjoy, I'm gonna, I picked this because I think she would enjoy it. Uh-huh. I think we're going to do another new and notable. Oh, there you go. You know, and she's all about, Lily's great. She's very uh, yeah, down man. with uh, uh, indie bands, mm-hmm. um, good indie bands, like the real rock indie yeah, bands. Yeah, she's not so much stuff that, to us, and we're like, oh, my God. Not, not necessarily. Like, when people say indie rock, a lot of people have a sort of, like, uh, they think of, like, college Remember right, that, that college, college sound, old, that yeah, new wave, yeah. uh, you know, alt rock stuff? That's not what we're talking about. Yep. <laughs> you know, we're talking yep. about, you know, 
We're talking about just you know bands that just do not. They're, they're, on, they're, they're independent. independent. They don't yeah, have a record label. Or they're yeah. on a really teeny tiny, yes. uh, you know, Frontiers Music or one yeah. of those things. You know. Um. So. Um, we will, that, that's what that's what we're gonna do next week. And you'll hear some really cool music. Cool. You know, hopefully that you don't know about. Um, I got into a discussion with somebody yes. on Facebook this week about this because you know we've been talking about we did the episode on Spotify, mm-hmm. um, and then we've kind of been hitting it every podcast. We've been kind of touching on it. Sure, but one of the um, there was a, a a lady who was posting this she'd made some post like oh yeah when i post stuff about classic bands you know i get all these comments but you know nobody will talk about like when i post like an obscure indie band right nobody says anything um so i was so like are you like i was like wait a minute is she using her facebook page to like be a um like a tastemaker like a Mm -hmm. um Influencer, like a okay. not, oh, not, I see. Yeah, um, yeah, like yeah. A, a curator. We're talking about who mm-hmm, curates mm-hmm. music, like a music curator. And so I was trying to engage her in a conversation. You know, she fucking blocked me. What? I wasn't even. I wasn't even criticizing anything she was wow. doing. I was You're like, just, I, I was dialogue. interested yeah. in like kind of what I was trying to figure out. Like, tell me more. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm not gonna say her name. Okay. You know, but I was just like, I mean, she completely. She fucking blocked me. I'm like, wow. And I wasn't DMing her, by the way. Right. You know, guys, don't DM women unless they say, please DM me. Right. Just don't do it. Just don't fucking do it, man. I mean, like, I know some that just, it, the slightest thing, block. Yep. yep. Like, they're just like, yep. you know. And, it, you know, I think some <laughs> over zealous young mm-hmm. fellows yeah. probably ruined it on yep. their best. Way to go, guys. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Oh my god. Anyways, man, I fucking had a fucking blast. Yeah, this is fun. I love fucking Rush. I don't yeah. love fucking Rush. No, please. but I love Rush. No, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I was using fucking as a kind of yeah. You're not act, actually. You know, yes. It wasn't describing an activity. Oh boy. Exactly. Yes. Um, so uh, cool. Um, Next week, Lily's going to be in for a bit. We're going to have mm-hmm. some fun and see how that goes. Mr. Pittsburgh will be back hopefully the week after that. Hopefully, yeah. Um, so, uh, you, yeah, exactly. Do you you need you want to do you have a um, a GoFundMe or anything like that? No, no, no. no, no. But if you want to send me money. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Don't forget to check out rockrageradio.com and download yeah. the free app because uh, they're big supporters of us and I love those guys. Um, and, um, oh, Wolf's Customs. They do a great job on classic, uh, uh, classic, on uh, custom, custom. Uh, yeah. artwork, artwork. On, on your musical instruments. So check them out, Wolf's Customs. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and we will catch you all on the next Ludini. Rock and roll songs. See ya.